two options. You either follow my rules or follow my rules. Capiche? Thank you. I can do it a different way. No, that's, that's fine. Thank you very much. I just heard you play, and I wanted. It's pretty strange that we keep running into each other. Maybe it means something. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. You could just write your own rules, you know, write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you gonna do? I have my own club. Is that gonna happen every time? I think so. to be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist. You're holding on to the past, but jazz is about the future. Maybe I'm not good enough. Yes, you are. Maybe I'm not. It's like a pipe dream. This is the dream. It's conflict and it's compromise. And it's very, very exciting. Welcome to the Motion Picture Podcast, um, releasing a little bit later in the week um, than like our normal Sundays or Mondays, um, because you know we're obviously recording this a little bit before, but this is going out on Valentine's Day, um, and th- there's a lot of well. Before I go into it, uh, we have Case with us today, a member of the Movie Draft Podcast was last year on the 2023 Best Movies with talking about Asteroid City. So, welcome, Case. Hey! I had, to, I had to make sure we got the introduction out of the way. Um, so, yeah, there's... I, I would say... And I know this is going to come as a, a big shock. Romance isn't one of my favorite genres. Wow. It, I, I just... I, I mean, there's some move, I But I feel like most of the my favorites tend to lean more towards like I guess realistic and I guess downer movies so something along the lines of Before Sunrise or Portrait of a Lady on Fire or 500 Days of Summer or Eternal Sunshine Spotless Mind like that's usually where I kind of gravitate to and sometimes I'll sneak in a love for like Pride and Prejudice or something but you know um, so, so for both of you, you guys are both 
currently in relationships, how how does that does that change the way you guys view like romance movies? Does it make it better or worse in any way? Um, well, you want to go first? Okay, sure, it's fine. Um, well, I've always liked romance movies. I've always been a bit of a romantic. And just having, like, a boyfriend just gives me something to be like, oh, now that's me. But I still enjoy it the same. Yeah. Uh, I think the same way. I think it's more of, like, um, you watch it and you go, like, oh, me and him. You know? It's, like, relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Again, I, I I can it's weird. I I think romance movies when they're done like pretty well are easily some of the most well easiest films to watch. Mm-hmm. Um cuz if you get something like uh when Harry met Sally or what's another really good I I guess Pride and Prejudice is still a pretty good example. They're really good like movies to watch in the morning. Um, because they're kind of, like, sometimes pretty nice and quaint, obviously, like, you're not watching Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind when you wake up. Um, well, you might, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but, I mean, I like romance film. Like, I don't hate any any genre, really. Like, there's always gonna be a handful of, like, really standout movies. Um... Which is why uh, today, for for Valentine's Day, gone three minutes without actually saying the title, um, we are talking about Damien Chazelle's La La Land. Um, it was released in 2016, and it stars Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, and it is in my top, probably, I think, six of all time? If I am... Oh, it's in my top five. This is in my top five films of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is, was my, for this, my third time seeing this film. Um, I have, you know, this is one of the kind of films I, I will tend to recommend to most people. Uh, I, got, I can confirm. I got my <laughs> mom to watch this a good bit ago, and she, uh, did not like it. Aww. Uh, but there's what? a, there's, it's a, there's a reason, and it's also the reason why I love it, but... We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, this is, I believe, one of the most nominated films of all time at the Oscars. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up to to check and see if I'm right. Um, I know the movie. Okay, so I believe it is a tie between All About Eve, which is phenomenal. Um, I I highly recommend if you guys haven't seen it. To go watch it, I, it's a 50s? Is it, is it a 50s movie? I'm saying it out loud. I'm trying to look at it. Oh, uh, yeah, it's 50. 1950, um, with 14 nominations. Wow. Um, then La La Land at 14. And I believe Titanic at 14. So it's a three-way tie. Um, Oppenheimer almost joined that list at 13, but missed out on... Um, Visual effects, which is unfortunate, but yeah, this is a pretty big movie. It's a it's a pretty big deal. Um, case I'm I'm very confident you are, Audrey. Are you aware of the uh, reputation this movie has in terms of the Oscars? Not a clue. Case, are you aware? I think so. Okay, so this one, um, let me let me check to see what movies. 
this won. Um, so it won Best Director for Damien Chazelle, Best Actress for Emma Stone, Best Cinematography, uh, Best Original Score, Best Original Song for City of Stars, and Best Production Design. So, you know, it was, like, do doing really well. And this was kind of, I think, again, I wasn't watching the Oscars at this point. Um, but I, I think this was kind of the big frontrunner, you know? Like, the, it's the Oscars, it's it to lose, right? Um, it was kind of the big winning thing of the night. Um, so the presenters, bless their hearts, pretty, pretty old people. Um, and, and they, they open the, the envelope, and there's, like, this, like, 15 seconds of dead silence, <laughs> and then they look at the camera and say, La La Land, and, you know, it's this big, like, alright, we, we saw that coming, good, good for it, and then a guy walks on stage, um, and he has a little, an announcement to make, because... They read the wrong movie. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. Um, on like live television, um, because the winner was actually Moonlight. Um, directed by Barry Jenkins, which is also phenomenal. Incredible. Deserving of, I mean, I think La La Land for me is better, but like that. I would have no complaints with it at all winning. It's also a 5 out of 5 film for me. Um, but that's kind of the infamy this film's living in. Because that whole, like, that's like one of, like, the Will Smith moments. Where it's like everyone kind of remembers that. And that's the reputation it has. Mm -hmm. um, but, but a better reputation... F <laughs> little small segue, is uh, Damien Chazelle, the director. Um, he is one of the most, like, it's like, oh, I can't think of the word. Um, well, prominent young directors. Um, with, like, Ari Aster and Greta Gerwig. Like, these, like, you know, younger people really breaking into the movie scene. He did that with the 2014 film Whiplash which is my second favorite film of all time. Um, I covered that on episode, the Episodic Cinema podcast. It is a, a genuine masterpiece. Um, then he made this. Then he made First Man in 2018, which I'm not the biggest fan of. I think it's okay, but I'm not, like... I'm not a big space person. Yeah. Like, where it's, like, about people going to space. Like, I like Interstellar, but that's about it. Um, and then he made Babylon in 2022, which is just a wild film. Um, Case, have you seen Babylon yet? I've not. It is, it, it's truly insane. Um, I love it. Wait, you've seen Babylon? Didn't we see it together? No, wait, what do you, what movie are you thinking of? So this is the, this is like a, the Babylon's this big, like, Hollywood film set in, I believe, the 20s. Starring Brad Pitt oh, and Margot I Robbie. I thought you were talking about that one movie, that one horror movie. Oh, Barbarian? Oh, yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> I'm not uh, good with names. Damien Chazelle did not, unfortunately, direct Barbarian. Um, I was about to say, that's a really strange genre that she just did randomly. Yeah. Uh, 
But he did direct Babylon, which is, I think, an underrated masterpiece. Um, but that will see its, see its light of day some other time. Um, but La La Land, it continues to be this, like, ever-growing popular film. Um, it has 2.78 million, like, people, like, watching it on Letterboxd. Um, as an average of 4.1, which may not sound that high, but that's pretty good for Letterboxd. Considering yeah. how negative these people can be about films. Um, I would say it's, like, pretty influential. Um, like, compared to, like, movies from the 2010s. Um... So, um, I know, and I, I know some of us aren't currently, like, really in it, but, like, technically all of us are theater people. Um, mm -hmm. so we all kind yeah. of have this connection to musicals, um, in, in a good or bad way. Um, obviously this kind of love is not shared by Hollywood, who refuses to put musical numbers in movie trailers, as seen with uh, The Color Purple and Wonka and Wicked and Mean Girls. Just, you know, it, it makes no sense why they're not confident in it when something like this was a musical and did really well. Um, I, I, will, I, I genuinely don't understand it. Like, it makes no sense. Um, like, why... Hollywood and, like, these big companies won't market them as, like, musicals because they're, like, I think they're worried about, like, people that won't, don't like musicals won't go to see it as if they're going to enjoy their time. Yeah, if, literally. If they're just lied to. It's just like, gotcha! And like, then they walk out. You wasted your money on something you wouldn't have wanted to see. It's just so... It's really dumb. Um, hopefully, hopefully they'll start putting, you know... Um, music, music back into musicals. Um, what's your, what's your opinion? So, I, I honestly, I, I, I appreciate them more and more as I, like, watch it and listen to it. What are your opinions on the songs of this film? Yeah. I love the songs. <laughs> uh, when I, I've seen this movie three times now. Um, one was right when it first came out, and I was oh, not gosh. fully sentient enough to, yeah. to get it and two times within the last year and <laughs> um the songs like are i have like i think most of them are on my both spotify and apple music repeat same here so so i love the songs um yeah i'm gonna elaborate more than just i love the songs <laughs> um that one song that I don't remember his name. Ryan Gosling keeps playing. Uh, Sebastian. It makes my heart feel so good. Was that it City is, of Stars? I love that song. City of Probably. Stars. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, we will get to the greater significance that song plays near the end of that film. Just, just a little bit later, because I have a lot to say about the ending of this film. Um, no. Skip the last nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, if you skip the last, like, nine minutes of this film, you will leave very happy. That's, oh, yeah. Uh, Case, what would you say your favorite song is from this film? Uh, well, Another Day of Sun is, was, in, is oh, it's so 
like, it, oh god, it's incredible. Like every time the movie starts and like the music notes hit, I'm like, oh yeah, we're like, it's we're so back. Like it, every we're time, so bad. it just it's amazing. Yeah, um, City of Stars and Another Day of Sun are my like all time favorite. I I will go in a very a, a different direction. Um, okay, wait a minute. I gotta make sure I say the name right because I I could get this wrong. Uh, hold on. Uh, a lovely night mm-hmm. with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, where they're singing together. It is I I will listen to that song so many times. It is so good. Um, probably the most iconic image from the movie is this dance. Oh yeah, um, from the film. That's like a huge pop culture moment, like it's, even to, still today. It is. This movie is beautiful. Like. Um, I mean, that's what I'll give Damien Chazelle. His movies are just beautiful to look at. Um, mm-hmm. He is this kind of director I I do dream to be because all his films are very different, even though they kind of follow a very um little bit similar uh, themes about making it and what it takes to, you know, be great. Um, speaking of which, I guess... Uh, so, I mean, obviously, similar to Case, this was my third time watching it. Um, there's a scene, I, I guess it's technically, uh, okay, so I do, I need to say this now, because I, will, I always do this and I get confused. Uh, so Emma Stone plays Mia, Ryan Gosling plays Sebastian. I'm gonna call them by their character names. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to get that out there so, so people knew who I was talking about. Um, so the scene is, uh... Sebastian and me is, I guess, first date, but they're not dating yet because she has a boyfriend, but they're just walking around and talking. Um, and as they're walking, he, uh, Mia mentions that she does not like jazz. And yeah. Sebastian, very heated about that, and takes her to, like, a, a jazz club. Um, and begins, like, explaining the intricacies and okay. of, okay. of jazz. So I think that that's part of the problem, is that you can't hear it. You know, you have to see it. You have to see what's at stake. I mean, look at these guys. Look at, look at the, the, the sax player right now. He just hijacked the song. He's on his own trip. Every one of these guys is composing, they're rearranging, they're writing, and they're playing the melody. They're just, and now look, the trumpet player. He's got his own idea. And so it's conflict, and it's compromised, and it's just... It's new every time. It's brand new every night. It's very, very exciting. And I never really got it from all my other watches, but this watch fully cemented. That's how I probably sound when I'm talking about movies. <laughs> is how he sounds in this scene. Yeah. Because like <laughs> he is like dude, dude, like worry. in he's like on fire. Like he is like g- like going crazy. He's like pouring his heart out for this jazz. And I was like, oh, okay, I I see now. Um, mm-hmm. so it was very entertaining to watch that scene, um, specifically. I, I'm shocked you guys, for favorite song, didn't go with the, uh, John Legend song, you know? I was going to bring that up, I just couldn't remember <laughs> the name of it. Uh, that I was... was... right, he was in this movie! I was like, is that <laughs> John Legend? Um, yep. I do like, so I feel like, I think I mentioned this to Audrey when we saw Dune the other day. That I feel like the biggest problem with like modern musicals is their songs try too hard to be like pop radio songs. Yes. Yes. And not these big musical. And the only song in this that feels like a pop number is the John Legend one, and that's kind of like it's supposed the to be point. Exactly. 
and all the other big songs feel like big theater numbers, and I, yes. it's amazing. Um, it, uh, also, so, I think when it comes to musicals, it, the score tends to kind of be overlooked, because you don't really get as invested into the music of the film when it's not, like, singing behind it or in front of it. Um, but the music in this film is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it is done by the composer Justin Hurwitz, who I believe... How, how much has he done? He's done... I know he did uh, the score for Babylon, which also very jazzy. Both of you should listen to... Um, let me let me find it. It's also in my playlist because it is so good. Um, listen to Voodoo Mama from the the Babylon score, I guess soundtrack or playlist or whatever. It is, it is phenom- like in a ph- phenomenal piece of music. Um, Justin Hurwitz, he did win an Oscar for this, and did not win an Oscar for Babylon, which I will always be mad at. Um, but he is like only worked with Damien Chazelle, because he also did for First Man and Whiplash. Um, Just keep working with him. This dude knows how to make music. Um, They were roommates in college. I'm I'm just looking this up. They were were roommates at uh, Harvard University. Oh Um, my god. Just just finding this out. Um, That's really cool. Oh yeah. Uh, He is also... He also won for Best Original Song, so... He can write songs too, so that is very cool. Talented man. It's a really talented guy. Like, goodness. Um, and yeah, like the music in this movie is so phenomenal. Like, I will still like hum some of the notes again. The ending music is still imprinted in my memory and will not get out. Um, I I have never had. Like, it takes, it takes a lot for anything, like, a movie to make me cry. Like, it never happens. Um, like, I will watch Schindler's List with a straight face. It just, like, the ending music to this made me tear up. Just the music. Not, not the actual scene, which also made me tear up. Just the music. Like, I don't know how that happens. You know? Like, it's like, you ever hear, like, people... Like, tearing up or crying if, like... I I watched a movie yesterday, and it was about, like, chefs, and it was really good. And uh, someone tried, in the movie, like, a dessert, and started, like, tearing up because of it. And I'm like, that, like, happens? Like, people are, like, so emotional about this. And, like, that's how I feel, like, with this song. I'm like, people, like, actually will get, like, emotional just by music and not... And then he sings La La Land. And there's La La Land, and, oh yeah, absolutely. Um... Just, ah, we'll get to the, we'll get to them later, the, the endings. Uh, what's your guys' opinion on the Ryan Gosling? Got, got any, got any takes on Ryan Gosling? Okay, okay. Oh, so no. whenever I, because I, I watched the Barbie movie and then I watched this, in the <laughs> Barbie movie he was ugly and I did not like him. <laughs> but in this movie I found him extremely attractive and I finally understand you got why it. everyone thought he um, oh my god he is a it. he's a genuinely talented actor and I, I think hopefully the world will start to realize this um, he's incredible 
He was in Blade oh, Runner for 20, sure. Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is amazing though. That and like I Drive, like that and Drive, don't really hammer hone his performance potential as much Drive as some. Drive especially doesn't. Uh, but a movie like The Nice Guys, which is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, really, um, you know, uses him well. A movie called Lars and the Real Girl, which is I think is really underrated. He's I really good that in. The other- it is it is so good. Um, he's really good in a film called Crazy Stupid Love with Steve Carell and Julianne Moore and Emma Stone. Oh my god! Um, which is really fun. It's, that's a nice little romantic comedy there. Um, yeah, he's gonna be in a film in a few months called The Fall Guy, which recently had a little trailer at the Super Bowl. I am I'm pretty excited for it. Um, I'm very big fan of big fan of Ryan Gosling. Um, mm-hmm. this is his best performance, and it's not even close for me. Um, what's also not close is, uh, well, in a different way, uh, Emma Stone's Oscar-winning performance for this film. Um, uh, speaking, uh, going back to, like, some of the Ryan Gosling thing, what's your guys' opinions on Emma Stone? As I love actress? her. I, uh, I think La La Land was the first thing I ever saw her in. Um, but then I watched Superbad. Oh, she's year. so good in Superbad. <laughs> um, so I, I love her range. She's just great at every genre she does. I, I probably saw her first in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And she's also very good in that not good movie. Um, <laughs> Audrey, not good movie. Audrey, what is your opinion on Emma Stone? Uh I honestly really liked the emotion she showed on her face, like, mm-hmm. at all times. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, it made it feel believable. Because yeah. there's just some people that are acting, and it just doesn't feel believable yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And I just, I like how believable it is. And, uh she just, it's, it, it was so amazing. Um, It's been very entertaining to see what she's done post-Oscar win. Um... Because usually, I think, like, when these people win Oscars, they start doing, like, these big dramatic roles, and they really start, like, chasing that, you know, dramatic run again. Uh, not Emma Stone. Um, some of the movies she's done since this win, The Favorite, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, which is really great. Um, Cruella, which is just okay, but she's pretty good in that. Uh, Zombieland Double Tap, which I haven't seen. Um, I've actually seen that. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Poor Things, which she will she got an Oscar nomination for, and she is magnificent in. Like, holy cow. I can't wait for that movie. Uh, I'm so excited. Me, me and Audrey will be discussing Poor Things at a later date. Um, and then very recently, a film on, uh, I believe, Paramount Plus, I, I, or Showtime, or one of those, uh, film, uh, TV show called The Curse, mm-hmm. uh, made by Nathan Fielder. Which is one of my favorite things I have seen ever. It is so good, and she is so good at playing a horrible person. Um, <laughs> I, I highly recommend The Curse. It's just, it's interesting that, like, she, now that she has this big, you know, reputation of being an Oscar winner, she's just doing these, like, crazy things. Um, like, her next film is Kinds of Kindness, another Yorgos Lanthimos film. Um, oh. Like... I am all for the career path she is taking because she is, I think, one of my favorite actresses currently working. Um, 
So that's saying something when I mean this is not even my favorite performance by her by a good long shot. Um, despite it being her Oscar-winning performance. Mm-hmm. She is just that talented of an actress, and I am, I will be excited for every upcoming Emma Stone uh, movie. Yeah. Um, so, one thing with uh, going back to a few conversations ago about, like, Oscars, um, one thing that's kind of ran rampant in, in Oscars every year is the idea of the Oscar bait. Um, the film that it feels tailor-made to just win Oscars, you know? Um, yeah. This year, I, I think the one that gets that award is Maestro. Um, even though I like that film. Um, I, I mean, I think it's a really good film. Um, and there was, there was a very close universe to where this film is Oscar bait. Yeah. Because it's about Hollywood. It's a kind of a throwback musical romance. Um, you know, it really plays up this, like, Hollywood is amazing and movies are amazing. You know, I, I can get down with that, you know, but, you know, at some point that just seems a little disingenuous. Uh-huh. Um, not this film. Like, at all. Um, obviously it has the backdrop of, um, you know, Hollywood and movies and making movies and acting in movies, but it, like, it shows you that it's not easy, and it's not always going to work out, and it's not always gonna go how the way you want it, and I think it's a really good message. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's talk about the ending. Let's just, I'm, just, I'm gonna rip this band-aid off. Oh, wow, you just went straight for it. Let's go. I just, I have to, because I, I, at this point, I genuinely can't think about anything else. Um, <laughs> we have to talk about the ending. So, for a lot of this movie, like all of this movie, it has been building up this romance between Sebastian and Mia. Um, like this big Hollywood romance, and... Um, so near the end, uh, Emma Stone is made like a one-woman show, and it, it didn't go great, but there was an agent, um, there in the audience, and the agent loved this performance so much that she's giving her a deal where they get to build the character around the actress, um, and this causes her to make, like, so, like, she has this news, and, like, tells Ryan Gosling... And then it cuts to back to this coffee shop that she used to work at at the beginning. Um, but now she is like a known actress. Um, and then she goes home and sees her husband, who's not Sebastian. Who's, he's not Ryan Gosling. And she has a, and she has a child. Um, and then the pieces do start to fall together. Um, that she is no longer with Sebastian. It's not a great reveal, but, uh, it keeps going. Um, because they're driving to dinner, and they are stuck behind, um, a lot of traffic. And they decide to pull over and go to this little, 
um, like club, little restaurant, um, off the side of the road. That's called Seb's. Um, and when they go in, Emma Stone spots Ryan Gosling, who has now owns that little bar, little jazz club. Um, and the moment they lock eyes, it's just kind of done. Um, yeah, you know it's over. Because then it goes into this like seven to eight minute long, big old time Hollywood production of what their lives could have been. Like the best case scenario. Um, where he, I mean, uh, Ryan Gosling doesn't go with, uh, John Legend, uh, her play goes really well and is well celebrated, and they get married and they have a kid, and then it goes back to, uh, Mia's still sitting there, and they, they get up to leave, and as they're leaving, Mia takes one long, one look back. And it's, and uh, Sebastian is staring back, and it's just this, like, look into each other's eyes, and that's basically where the movie ends. And, um, while it is, like, all this is going on, it plays that kind of instrumental from City of Stars. Um, and very, very, like, uh, slows down when it nears its end. That, those, like, that, like, last bit, like, gets me every single time. <laughs> it is just, like, heartbreaking. This, the end of this movie is a nightmare for me. It is what I wake up in a cold sweat <laughs> to. Um, it is just, because you want, like, for most of this, and it's, like, similar to what I was saying before of how it just not doesn't always work out. You really want it to work out. Because, like, it has to. It's a movie. It's got to wrap up nicely and have this big, grand Hollywood ending. But it and doesn't. it just doesn't. But, and I think the the hardest part about this ending is the fact they're both happy. Oh. Is the fact that they know the life they could have lived. But they have the life they have. Like, they have the ones they have now, and they're they're okay. And it's just... It gets me every single time. Like, that it's ending does not get easier to watch. Never. Um Which is why my mom hates this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she hates it, but I do think the ending did put a very sour note on the film. And I, I can understand that to, to a certain extent. How y- you spend um, all this movie just building this up to just crumble it back down. Um... I'm trying to think of other films that do this, where it's like building up to this really happy ending and then just crushes you. I watched a movie the other day like this called Little Fish, and oh my god, it was kind of like Eternal Sunshine, but you think everything's going to be okay in the end, and it's just not, and it is devastating. Audrey, I think, did you have an idea? 
Yes, it's called Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that one, it just, it really like gut punches you at the very end that of the movie, like. It is. That, that, that came out of nowhere, and it, I, uh... I'm, lo I'm it looking this, so... I'm looking this up now. That's been on my watch list for some time. That that it's ending good. is really don't get it spoiled. If you get it spoiled, it it it's not as meaningful. Yeah. I haven't seen a single thing about it. I just oh. I watched know something oh. on TikTok. Um, Dead Poet Society is one like this. Oh, uh, uh, don't talk um, about that one. Uh. Another film that just just kind of destroys you a little on the inside. Um, a little. Just, I guess Titanic is also one of those examples. Not really. I mean, it's it not is a, it is a tragic ending, but I'm not crying over it. Um, yeah, no. I'm crying more that the it's based on real events. Yeah, Man, that's true. Uh, Marley and Me, which I will never watch, just because I don't think I can handle it. It's so sad. Uh, a film from 1991 starring Macaulay Culkin, uh, titled My Girl. Has kind of an infamous ending. Um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, also. Um, Case, have you got the chance to see that? I started it today, but I have uh, not gotten home. It's fantastic. Um, and then a film that uh, me and Audrey, I guess, have something in common. Uh, Steel Magnolias also yeah. has something uh -huh. like this. Um, Guys, I'm the one. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> It is, a, uh, yeah, it, it always oh, works. I'll watch it. I'll watch it one day. <laughs> I always just, yeah, it's, I love, I don't love these endings, but man, they work. Like, yeah. And it doesn't feel cheap. Like, it doesn't feel like, wow, like, I can't believe, yeah, that was just. It doesn't feel like a quick pull at the strings just to pull yeah, at the strings. Like, it felt like you didn't see it coming, but it just. It's been playing the whole time. Yeah. And it, it just don't It wasn't get, just like a, oh, let's do this. They're happy, but you don't truly get your Hollywood ending. And it... The music. The music every single time when it's <laughs> slowing down. I will never forgive Damien Chazelle for the, like... The damage he did with this. It's just amazing. It's awful. Um, um, like... Man, I, I don't even know. I don't even know, like, There's how just no to talk word. about it. It's, it's just one of those, like, you gotta see it. Like, you gotta watch it to really understand, like, why. I think this movie so is gonna go down like, oh, like a classic. Oh, it's like gonna be a classic. Absolutely. Or Titanic. Or, well, I don't know. One of the most. certainly like that. I mean, it's one of the most nominated films of all time. Top three. Like, it has that level. Um, yes. And even though it didn't win the Oscar and that whole situation is a little little touchy for, for <laughs> some people. Um, yeah, it's just absolutely fantastic. I... It is... It's, it's always a hard toss-up between this and Whiplash on what my... Favorite Damien Chazelle film. I, I mean, I'm going to stick with Whiplash for right now. Um, have either of you guys seen Whiplash? Yes, I love Whiplash. Audrey, Audrey, you should watch Whiplash. No. You should watch I Whiplash. I am not so good. It is on Netflix right now, and it is... has one of the best movie performances ever from J.K. Simmons. 
like it is incredible unreal performance um, watching him in that and then watching him in Juno is a completely <laughs> um big JK Simmons fan um I'm going to now do I'm gonna go to my local uh Wikipedia now um so if I'm wrong about any of these facts that I will currently share uh blame it on Wikipedia it is not my fault <laughs> um, so Damien Giselle wrote the screenplay, um, in 2010, um, and in quotes, his idea was to take the old musical, but ground it in real life where things don't al- always exactly work out, which, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Things did not work out. Things do not work out in this film. Um, some of his big inspirations were uh, films by Jacques Demy, uh, like The Umbrellas of Cherbourg and The Young Girls of Rochefort. I have seen The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. If you love, if you love La La Land, watch The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. It is another one of these just heartbreaking films. Um, it is ninety-three minutes. It is a French oh, it's musical. Uh huh. It's on my watch list. It's on. Ma- it's on Max, Audrey. Um. It's a French musical where the entire dialogue is in is sung, um, and it has one of my favorite movie endings of all time. It is just, it hurts. Um, so I, there's definitely a lot of correlation there. Um, also, films like Singing in the Rain, which is a masterpiece. Like I hate to be boring, but I mean it is. Uh, also, a film called American in American in Paris, which is also really great. Another great musical there. Um, has a very similar ending. I, I, I Not like a similar ending in terms of what happens, but like these big kind of metaphysical big numbers. You know, like not really set in reality. Yeah. Um, which I, I went back the other day um, to like watch the trailer for this, and those shots from the ending were all over the trailer. So it kind of makes it seem more, like, insane than it actually is. Because besides the big new musical numbers, very grounded film. Very realistic. Yes. Um, like, you know, doesn't, again, doesn't have a Hollywood ending, really. Um, but, I mean, like, I think, and I've probably said this before, and it's very similar with TV. The I think, for me, the hardest thing for a film to do... The two hardest things is to start a film and end a film. And I think that is usually the part I am, you know, the hardest on, is if it starts off in a bad place or ends in a bad place, it can kind of sour the experience. Yes. Fortunately for La Land, it has one of the best endings and beginnings of all time. Um, like, the, the opening musical number, Another Day of Sun, is just extremely catchy. From like the yeah, opening piano, um, and then the ending is one of the saddest things I've ever seen. It's like, again, I I think that for me, as uh, an aspiring director, that is just the hardest thing. Is you got to begin well because if it doesn't begin well, then the rest of the film's kind of ruined. And if it doesn't end well, the film all that came before it is ruined. Like, there's a lot that hinges on it, and so it is very impressive to see both the ending and beginning be, like, 
the best parts of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, let me... Uh, the original... So can you guys guess who the original me and Sebastian were going to be? Do you guys have any guesses? Uh, Margot Robbie? Margot Robbie was not supposed to be in this film. Um, one of these actors, uh, pretty, I guess, prominent, is in a, I guess, a recenter film. The other, the actress who plays, was going to play Mia, has not been in anything for a good little bit. But, I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, we, I don't um, know. Originally, Sebastian was going to be played by Miles Teller, oh. um, who was in Whiplash. Um, and v- this is very interesting. Uh, Mia, before Emma Stone, was originally going to be played by Emma Watson. Oh my god! Um, but the cool thing about it is she dropped out of this film to be in the live-action Beauty and the Beast remake, which is stupid. That's got to be one of the dumbest decisions of all time. Good job, Emma Stone. Um, Which is really funny because Gosling turned down the role of the Beast in Beauty the Beast to be in La La Land. So, I wouldn't have made a better decision. Good job, Ryan Gosling. Because who actually likes the Beauty and the Beast remake? Not me. It's I. Psychopaths. It's only, <laughs> only people who will like that. I, I. Hey, hey! I cried to that. I cried to that. You cried to the live action Beauty and the Beast. Yes, because no guy wanted to kidnap oh me as a child. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was that was only like kid. seven years ago. That means you were like eleven. I remember that movie coming out. Um, the live action. And remakes, I said I was proud of it. The live action remakes are a curse on this world. Like, yeah. we don't need Lilo and Stitch. We don't need Moana. What are we? We don't need Snow White. What are we doing here? Like Disney. Like we don't need any of it. We don't need any it's of it. It's all this. just cheap shots. It's. I will. I will forever be mad at like the 2010 Cinderella or whenever it came out for just ruining Disney. And well, I mean Disney technically ruined Disney, but still. There's, there's so many different versions of Cinderella. It's actually insane. It's. I know. So so good job. We don't need that. Uh, good job, Ryan Gosling. Um, what else? I'm looking at this. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna see how how. So this film opened at the Venice Film Festival, uh, which I I hope to go to one day because it looks pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. also at the Telluride Film Festival and Toronto Film Festival, which I would also like to go to those. Um, it was originally going to release in July. But instead went out in December, you know, that kind of peak Oscar time that no longer works anymore. Um, considering the big Oscar frontrunner this year came out in July. And the big Oscar frontrunner for last year came out, like, in March. Um, so, I, I, that's been interesting. Because, like, usually, like, Oscar films usually come out very late in the year. I mean, that's still the case. Like, it is still incredibly difficult to see the zone of interest anywhere. Um... Like, I had to go, like, to an AMC theater, even though I never go to AMC theaters, so... I can't wait to see the Zone of Interest. I'm so excited. Um, it will be out on digital on the 20th, I believe, so it was Thank not too God. long. Um, but, like, Poor Things for a while was very difficult to see. Uh, American Fiction was a pain in my butt to see. Um, 
But then you have something like Oppenheimer and Barbie, which were not difficult at all to get to. No. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that this kind of change is happening where it's easier to, like, you don't have to release in the last two months to win Oscars. You don't even have to, pre- you don't even have to premiere at a film festival to necessarily win Oscars. Um, so that's been very interesting. Um, so this film grossed, um, a total of $472 million worldwide. With Whoa. a production budget of $30 million. My God. Um, uh, so, Deadline Hollywood calculated the net profit of the film to be $68.25 million, um, which made it one of the top 20 most profitable film releases of 2016. Um, it was Ryan Gosling's highest grossing film until, obviously, Barbie kind of just destroyed that, um, <laughs> you know, being the big, you know, juggernaut it is. Um, obviously, I think it is one of the highest rated films from the 2010s. Um, I have, I might have even said it on this podcast. I'm not sure when I've said it, like, to who or to where. But it's always interesting looking at movies that are coming out now or, like, in my lifetime and just kind of thinking of which ones are going to be classics in the future. Um, like, did... Like in like the thirties when or forties or whenever it came out, like when they when people saw Citizen Kane, were they like, oh yeah, this is gonna be one of the most like well known film? Or like in the seventies when The Godfather came out, everyone was everyone like, yeah, this is gonna be the the movie of all time. Um, so it's always been very interesting to like think about yeah. like what films, um, like will be considered to. The like classic status. I, I think there are. Few, I think Parasite is going to be a classic. Um, I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to be a classic. Um, what I else? I think Little Women is going to be a classic. I, I do think Lady Bird will definitely be a classic. I hope so. Uh, Get Out probably. The Social Network. I think Oppenheimer and Barbie both have chances to be classics. I think they will be. Um, Saltburn better not be a classic, or I will lose my mind. <laughs> It it should be. I think it's just gonna be an inside joke. It should be a. Yeah. It should be a scientific, like like research thing of how no. far <laughs> my like interest and opinion on Saltburn has just gone down. No, Trey, please. Like, are we seriously praising this movie and dunking on Maestro? Like, what are we doing? Like, I haven't seen Maestro yet, but I've heard a lot of the criticism, and it looks so good. It's so good. And, like, everyone's, like, on this, like, Twitter thing of, like, oh, man, Saltburn didn't get any Oscar nominations. Good, because it's stupid. Gosh. Like, like, I hate that I ever liked this movie. Like, it's so dumb. I like, I like it. Like, there's a lot of good things, but it's so stupid. Like, how was this one of the biggest films of last year? Like, I could have never predicted that. Like, in a million years. Oh, my God. Like, how was that... Like, I'm gonna... I need a good example. How was Saltburn bigger than, like... How are we letting Saltburn be bigger than, like, Theater Camp or something? Like, what's going on? Okay, that's fair. Theater Camp like, was incredible. How was Saltburn, like, more widely seen than, like, The Iron Claw or Bo is Afraid or, like, Dungeons okay, and Dragons? Cool. Like, come on. 
I don't know why I'm just hating on Saltburn. Like, but it just. Gosh. Careful, the fans are gonna come after you. I don't care if the fans are they're the people buying the bathwater candles. Like they're not the people I'm scared of. Gosh. That's crazy. Oh wow, you wow. Uh, You're gonna get dogs. I can't believe I, exactly I can't believe I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. I can't believe You're gonna see their address just pop up. I can't believe I started my all day at the movies with that. Like how what was I thinking? I would have loved why, to see Salt Burn. Why did I, I saw it at 10 o'clock in the morning. What? Okay, that's insane. <laughs> that's how I started my... From It was like... <laughs> 10 o'clock to like 12.30. Just whole day at the movies. I started with that. And it was just... God. <laughs> it could have been worse. I could have ended on that. That could have been how I ended my day. Which would have... Man. Ugh. <laughs> God, what is going yeah, on? You're see your address and okay. your place of work but, and okay. everything pop up. So what I was saying is La La Land will be a classic. <laughs> I, I do wholeheartedly believe that La La Land will be one of these just well-known. I mean, it's in the, the AMC Nicole Kidman ad. Like, it's there. Um, which I, I finally got to see um, for, for the first time. I will be seeing it Monday. It is... Uh, what what are you seeing in what, at AMC? I'm seeing a mystery movie. I I okay so. I'm just gonna throw this out there, with uh not, without, revealing any personal information about where you live. Is it like the AMC theater that is closest to us? Yes. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, which I might be, but I'm gonna check. I think the Zone of Interest may be still playing there. Oh? Uh, yeah. I think it is a better use of your money to go see that instead of the mystery movie. Considering I think I know what the Monday mystery movie is, it will not be something you like. That's fair. It, I just, just, I think, uh, so well, I'm just looking at this to see if I'm correct in terms of, like, the timing of the film. Uh, it will be out, um, 7.15. Uh, mm-hmm. Zone of Interest, and I believe what the mystery movie's at seven. Yes. So I would, yeah, I would just see Zone of Interest. Okay, noted. I will once this is over. I will, I will explain in detail what the film, the mystery film, will probably be. Um, in detail. But yeah, La La Land will be a classic, you know. Um, so obviously, unfortunately, did not get. Um, you know the it is the most winning film at the Golden Globes. Um, won seven awards for Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy, Best Director, Best Actor Comedy or Musical, Best Actress Comedy or Musical, Best Screenplay, Best Original Score, and Best Original Song, which beat uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, which is also a masterpiece. Um, and also, it won six awards at the Academy Awards, I think winning the same things, um, except for it didn't get Screenplay, but it got Production Design, and it didn't get Actor, which is... Fair? Who did win that year? Let me... I'm gonna look up to compare and to judge who beat Ryan Gosling. Because, uh... Okay, Casey Affleck from Manchester by the Sea. Okay, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. I can't really disagree with that. That is a better performance. Um, who I else can't was, disagree with Who that. else was nominated that year? 
Uh, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, and that is a really good oh my film. God. Uh, Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, which I haven't heard of. I've never heard of that have either. I, have I heard of Captain Fantastic? I mean, I mean, oh, I have. Oh, I've been meaning to see this. Oh. Uh, and then Denzel Washington for Fences, which I will see sometime later this year. Um, then uh, Emma Stone be Isabel Huppert for Elle. Never heard of that film. Uh, with Nega for Loving, which I've never heard of. Uh, Natalie Portman for Jackie, which I haven't seen. And Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins, which I have not heard of. Uh, yeah, thank goodness she won. Like, <laughs> this, this like, lineup is, like, really bad. What else came out this year? Like, is that the best we could do? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, okay, release date, 2010s, 2016. What, what else? They didn't nominate uh, uh, Amy Adams for Arrival. She was really good in that film. Um, the oh, Edge of Seven, no. The Edge of Seventeen came out this year. They could have gave one to Haley Steinfeld. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard she's pretty good in that. Yeah, I guess it is kind of a weak year for I guess lead female performances. So I guess this is, yeah, this is, definitely. Yeah, this is. It's honestly I, like twenty sixteen is a good year for for movies like La La Land and Arrival and Moonlight and The Nice Guys. Performance-wise, it's not the best. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think. Um, what else? Okay, so I also want to see, uh, for cinematography, just kind of going over the Oscars, it beat Arrival, Lion, Moonlight, and Silence, which is fair, though I think Silence is a very beautiful film uh, in terms of its, you know... Costume design, they lost to Fantastic Beasts. What? What? Like, I mean, the costumes weren't amazing, but that's such a weird film to win an Oscar. Yeah. It's like that, I think... What do you mean? That's It's what it's known for. It's known for the amazing costumes. Oh, absolutely. That's what I think of when I hear Fantastic Beasts. It's like a similar thing to, like, saying Oscar winner Suicide Squad. Like, it makes no sense. Like, Don't get me started on Suicide Squad. Come on. It's just such a weird like, Don't get me started. film to be an Oscar winner considering all these other big films aren't. Um, okay, hold on. I'm looking. Best Picture. Um, the other nominees besides this and The Winter Moonlight, um, Arrival, which is really good and I've been meaning to see because it is a very weird film, but uh, very good. Fences. With Denzel Washington and Viola Davis, um, which I will be seeing later this year. Hacksaw Ridge, which is a really great film. Um, Hidden Figures, um, which I haven't seen in some time. Oh, I've never Hidden, seen that Hidden Figures. Yes? You have a hot take on Hidden Figures. Like a breaking hot take. Like, Audrey? Huh? <laughs> What were you going to say about Hidden Figures? I just said I watched it, and it was really oh. good, and I really loved it. I thought you were going to say, like, uh, Hidden Figures, awful, worst movie of all time. I thought you were just going to come in with that. Um, oh, yeah, because I hate women being smart. <laughs> Boo! Uh, Lion, which I haven't seen, and Manchester by the Sea, which is really good. And then H.E. Double Hockey Sticks, or High Water, you can fill in the gaps there, which is also fantastic. Uh, but, and then La La Land, which all lost to Moonlight, which is, you know, probably also going to be a classic, but, um, how many nominations was Fantastic Beasts nominated for? 
because it was nominated for uh where did it go production design what is going on how this was a good year to be a two. part of what's well, like a really good film that has no oscar nomination that has more oscar nominations than spider-man across the spider-verse what what fantastic oh my God. Vi- i'm not I, I i i'm not in the mood for that okay Moving on from whatever the heck's going on there. Um, now I'm looking at Best Original Song, which is hilarious. Um, so two nominations for La La Land. It could have just been all fi- like five, and that would have been fine. Uh, City of Stars won. Thank, thank goodness. Yeah, um, good. Also, Audition, The Fools Who Dream, which was oh. also fantastic. Uh, the Empty Chair from Jim's The James Foley Story. Never heard of that film before. Um, How Far I'll Go from Moana, which is a good song. I like it. Uh, uh, that song has been ruined for me. That song has been ruined for me. How has it been ruined for you? I, I'll explain later. I will not explain <laughs> on a podcast. Um, And then Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls got nominated Ooh. for an Oscar. That's just... <laughs> That's crazy. That's insane. Original score, original song is always just the weirdest category. Um, I mean, this year the uh, movie from the film Flame and Hot: The Hot Cheetos Story won, <laughs> uh, got nominated over uh, some anything from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse or The Color Purple. Uh, I, Lord of Mercy. Um, yeah, La La Land. <laughs> um. Phenomenal movie, you know. Uh, okay, how old... I gotta look this up. How old were the people that messed up on the um, Oscar I bet ratings? in their 80s. I gotta look 70s this up. 70s or 80s. Okay, so Faye Dunaway, who is a very talented actress. Um, she was in the film uh, Chinatown, which is great, and the film Network, which is phenomenal. I, I also recommend um, Network... Uh, she was, drumroll, uh, 75. Yep. And then Warren Beatty, who is also a very talented actor, um, was, I'm, I'm typing this in my calculator, uh, 79. Yep, I knew they were gonna be in the I, 70s or 80s, I knew it. I genuinely, I don't understand how, like, that, they, they don't look alike at all. No. I will never understand the mix-up. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Genuinely. It was Like, like I, I'm so mad that every single big Oscars moment, I'm never there for. Like, wasn't here live for this, because I wasn't really into movies in 2016. I wasn't yeah, there really. for, like, the big upset of Green, Green Book winning in 2018, or 2019. I wasn't there for the big Parasite sweep. In 2020, um, I missed, like, I tuned in to the, the ending of, like, I started the good beginning of it, but, like, I took a shower and got in bed, basically, like, didn't watch as, like, during when the Will Smith stuff was happening. Like, I didn't get to experience that live, really. Like, I, something needs to go wrong this new, like, this upcoming Oscars, because I, like, I need to experience, like, they did so well with last year's Oscars, they gotta mess it up this year. They gotta give best picture to Maestro and just ruin everything. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god, if the it, letterbox are gonna be so mad. If it doesn't give, go to Oppenheimer, I, I genuinely don't 
want to live past like the 11th. I will. I am not a very uh, online person. Um, like you know, I don't have like a giant social media presence. Uh, I will be tweeting a lot that night, so just. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Noted. I gotta follow you on Twitter. I I don't uh, don't have any follows on Twitter. Uh, the most I'll do on Instagram is just put things on my story of like, oh look at this, but. To my two followers, I will be very, uh, very loud. Um, goodness gracious, I am scared for Oscars night, to say the least. Because, like, man, I really, it would be so funny if they, like, read Barbie, but it actually went to Oppenheimer and they did this all over again. Oh my god. Like, that is, that would be so funny. Um, awful, but hilarious. Like, I need to, I need it to happen. Um, any, any closing thoughts on the film? If, if people that are listening really haven't seen it, please, please watch, please watch it. Please. I have a, I you believe, die. I believe I have a Mother's Day version of this film that's just like, uh, you got it, it was like just a regular DVD, but like the cover that it was like in, you could like open it up and put like a little card in or like write a little note. Because that was oh. like the only La La Land like DVD I saw at the time, and I was like, ah, sure. That's um, cute. It's a great movie. Uh, yeah, please watch this film. I I say it every single time we end it. I'm like, hey, you know, go watch it if you haven't. It's it's good. Please, like, it's one of these things where obviously like the ending sounds really good, but you it like experiencing it for the first time, which like if you're all the way near the we're, what, an hour and two into this episode. If you're this far and you haven't seen it, I genuinely don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Just go watch it. Please. Like, it is a genuine... Okay. Uh, I gotta ask, because I'm surprised I haven't asked this entire hour. Audrey, did you like La La Land? It's the... Uh, Audrey, did you, did you enjoy the film La La Land? No, in all seriousness, I actually really enjoyed it. it okay. Definitely, it's probably one of my favorite films. The music was amazing. The yeah. story. Oh, I really loved it. And whenever you said it was kind of like everything went perfect, I disagree. I feel like it was more of Ryan Gosling's character, Sebastian, during that one blip, thinking about everything he could have done differently. And like, oh, it was great. And I loved it. And I loved how like they weren't mad at each other. Like, they yeah. both just moved on and you have to choose between either your dream or your love and they both decided to go after their dream and didn't make each other feel bad about it and that's yeah. what really got me and i love this movie oh i love it um because <laughs> like you know all these like romance films are usually like the the one true like love will solve everything no, no, but no, it's they not do. that. They make the girl so quirky. They make her so quirky <laughs> that the guy is so boring, and he becomes quirky because of the quirky girl, and that gets me really mad. It's, yeah. I hate that trope. It was good until they overdid it. But this one, it like it's nice to see just two like actual, um, like regular people. Reg- I was gonna say two mature adults. Actually doing a smart decision and going through. Like, it's, I don't know, it, it makes it seem, you know, not as scary to be an adult. Because, like, eh, we're not going to be stupid, you know? Like, 
There are some I smart know, ones probably. out there. Um, so yeah, go watch La La Land. It's probably, let me go on Amazon. I want to see, because some of these are, like, pretty cheap. Like, I bet you Knives Out's still, like, $5 on Amazon. Um, because we gotta, we gotta continue to support physical media, because it is a very important thing. Because soon all these streaming services are gonna go out of business, and oh man, what are we gonna do? Um, hold on, I'm, like, looking this up. Like, I'm, I'm looking up the, the Blu-ray and DVD of Lala. Yeah, it's $6. Oh my god! On 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 Amazon, so like, I may buy that really soon. It's genuinely. What are you doing? Like, just buy it. That's like pocket change. Like, yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Case, for being here. Yeah. Um, talking about the film. Um, go watch it. I, even though I'm saying this, it's gonna sound weird saying this, considering we're recording this early. Uh, I do wish everyone listening to this a happy Valentine's Day. Um, and uh, just word of advice, uh, don't watch this film on Valentine's Day because it's just not it's not going to go in well. So just, uh, what's a, a case? Give us a better, uh, to, to close off the episode, what should they watch instead of this on Valentine's Day? Like, the, um. like a perfect, perfect... Uh, uh, pop star, know. never stop, never stop. Absolute, there we go. You know, ab- <laughs> go watch pop. Abs- like that's not even. It's honestly not even a joke. Definitely go watch pop star. Uh, also, twenty sixteen movie. Um, I was thinking that earlier, but I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> also, not nominated for best original song, but you know what? It's okay. Um, so yeah, go watch La La Land. Um, yeah, immediately. <laughs>